Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful, powerful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called the Eile HaMishpatim. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos, Parashish Mishpatim, that year there were two Adars, and that Shabbat blessed the first month of Adar in the year Tafshin Memalif, 43 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of the 22nd day of the month of Shvat, the anniversary of the Rebbe's passing in the year Tafshin Nun Beis. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse in this Victoria portion where it says, the HaMishpatim Ashetasim Lefneim. These are the laws that you should place in front of them. And the verse continues on to say, Kisikne Eved Ivri, when you acquire a, um, a Jewish slave. So remember that it's known the questions that are asked in the, in the world of mysticism, the Chassidic, the Chassidic discourse is, that when it says Lefneim in front of them, what does that mean? plural, multiple people, and it doesn't say specifically who it is. On the other hand, Vesikne is referring to not plural, it's one singular, and it's, and it's being very, very direct. So you go from plural, indirect, to singular <coughs> and direct. Also, we have to understand that it's brought down in Talmud, in the Talmud Yerushalmi, based on the verse, these are laws you should put in front of them. So the Talmud Yerushalmi says, what does it mean tassim is your place? It comes from an expression of sima, like a treasure. In other words, something which is not revealed. The secrets of the Torah. You should give them the secrets of the Torah. Just one second. We know mishpatim rules are, are laws which are comprehended in an in, in simple intellect. Even the intellect of the nations of the world understand it. So what's the connection between the simple intellect and the which is Mishpatim, and Tassim, what you're saying is, the Yishalmi saying is, that Sima, which is referring to what the concealed part of the Torah. That's question number two. Also, we have to understand, why is the first law, does it begin with talking about the laws of a Jewish uh, servant? Said it's explained in the Chassidic uh, discourses in, 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 in Oyer Torah, and he explains as follows. What is the idea of a Jewish slave, an evidivri spiritually. What does that mean spiritually? In other words, that, that someone that serves Hashem, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate, in a way of Kabbalah Torah, he just accepts, he does whatever he has to do, which is basically represented by a slave. A slave does the job. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't want to understand it. He doesn't want to enjoy it. He asks him to do something, he does it. So in other words, what is a spiritual, what is a Jewish slave spiritually? It means we serve Hashem. We accept. We do whatever, whatever, we're, whatever we're asked to do. So based on that, we can understand why the first mishpat, the first law, is referring to the laws of a, of a Jewish slave. Why is that? Because the Torah is trying to hint to us that even the mitzvot, even the commandments of mishpatim, which are logical laws, which we understand that we make sense to us, but even though it makes sense, you can think you're going to do it. Why? Because it makes sense. We have to do it because of Kabbalah soil. Because we're doing because Hashem told us to do it, just like the idea of a, a slave. So in other words, the reason why it begins with an every because even though we're dealing with laws that we that make sense, but Hashem wants us to do it with Kabbalah soil acceptance. In other words, even though that these mitzvot are called in Torah, the Torah of truth, they're called mishpat in their laws. In other words, so therefore, if their laws means there's, that we can understand them, and therefore we should observe them because of the logic and the reason, but nevertheless, the main thrust 
of doing the mitzvah should be done in a way of Kabbalah soil. Yes, we do understand it, and yes, we're supposed to learn about it, but when we do it, we should do it. Why? Because Hashem asks us to do so. In other words, it applies, A, to the person observing the mitzvah. In other words, a person doing the mitzvah should do it in a way that whatever Hashem asks me, he named me, I'm ready to do it. That's from the, from the person, but also the mitzvah itself. Why is that? Because all the commandments, even the commandments which logically make sense, the mishpatim, what are they? They're basically the will of Hashem. And if it's will, it's above logic. And this is what Hashem, so to speak, decreed, that these these mitzvahs should have a logic to it. So does the logic is like come secondary. So back to the point, what we're saying is that, that the idea of, of, of acceptance is of A, the person observing it, and B, the mitzvah. You should look at the mitzvah, even though when there's a reason, the main reason is what well, this is what Hashem wants us to do. Yes, there's a reason, but that's secondary. In other words, and to add, the says, that this, that we observe the mitzvahs of mishpatim, which means the logical mitzvahs, we have to do it in a way of we're accepting, it, it applies even to, 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 the, to the rule part of it. In other words, that this, that we have to go ahead and observe the mitzvahs, because there's a reason, so that's because Hashem told us to do so. Um, <coughs> and Hashem told us they should have a reason, have, have a reason for it. So A, we're doing it because Hashem told us, but even the reason, it's also because Hashem t- told us there should be a reason for it. The main theme has to be we're doing what Hashem wants. And you can say, this is what it says, that's why it says, mishpatim. And those, these are the laws. So we know it doesn't say, these are the mishpatim, it adds a vav, of the first letter before Eila is ve'ela, and these are the laws. What does it mean, and these are, it's and to something else. It means, it's and, these are the laws, they're also the laws, and it's in addition to the first ones. What are the first ones referring to? The ones we received at Mount Sinai. So just like the first one we received, just like the first laws we received at Mount Sinai, so the Eila, these we also received at Mount Sinai. What does that mean? That when we were at Mount Torah, when we received the Torah at Har Sinai, so then we became servants of our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's what he's saying is these are also from Sinai. In other words, just like when we stood at Mount Sinai, we were basically, Hashem, whatever He wants to do, we're going to do. So now also, when you're giving us the laws that do make sense, and even the part that we have to do it for a reason, we have to do it in a way of, we're doing it because, as accepting whatever Hashem asks us to do. And therefore, so therefore, that's why the Elam the, Hashem begins with which rules, with the rules of the Jewish slave. Why again? To remind us that even the mitzvah, of mishpatim, which means logical laws, our initial approach, and Rebbe uses in Yiddish, the ershetzugang, the initial approach to learn it and to observe it, has to be done in a way of acceptance. Just like a servant accepts, hey, what's my job for today? I'm doing it. The same thing also, that should be our initial approach to all the mitzvahs, even the ones that make sense. Hineni, what, what do you want me to do, Hashem, and I'm ready to do it. And Rebbe says, and an, addition, an additional explanation, in other words, since the main idea of serving Hashem, what's the ultimate serving Hashem? It, when you serve Hashem like, like, a, like a non-Jewish slave. In other words, why is that? Because first of all, a Jewish slave, after six years, he's free. And um, even someone that wants to stay on, he goes out in the Jubilee year. However, when it comes to a non-Jewish slave, on a spiritual level, it tells you that you're a slave forever. In other words... The, the enslavement of the Jewish slave, even while he's a slave, is not the same level as a non-Jewish slave. 
So, so in order to hint that idea that even the mitzvahs that are, are logical, we have to do it um, like 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 a, like, a, like a Kabbalah to accept. So, Rebbe says, one second. If that's the case, if the whole message is that we should do it because Hashem is asking us to do so, there's a deeper level of slavery. There's a deeper level of commitment, and that is what the non-Jewish slave on a spiritual level. So, if that's the case, why didn't it start with the mitzvah of the Eved Kanani, the non-Jewish slave? Why did it start off with a Jewish slave? Which obviously we're going to Rebbe is going to explain later on in the Hasidic discourse. And he says as follows. So we're going to understand this based on what Chazal teaches us on the verse. The These are the laws that you should put in front of them. So since it says, You should place it in front of them. It's laws. You have to teach it. It should say, You should teach them. But it doesn't say teach them. It says you're like presenting again. So what do we see from here? That it's not enough that you should teach the students many, many times till they know it, but you literally have to put it in front of them that it, they should get it, they should comprehend it, it should resonate with them. So it's not enough, because teaching, you can teach someone, I'm teaching you, you get it, you don't get it, okay? If you don't get it, you'll have to figure it out another time, or you'll, you'll have to spend time meditating on it. No, no, ashatasim lefneya means that you have to place it to them, that it resonates. Ah, I got it. It's not just enough to teach, but it has to be something that they can receive and they, and they get it. So based on that, Rebbe says, this that it says afterwards, ki sikna, when you acquire, and we said before ki sikna is, is singular, why is that? Because the, the, to acquire is going on the part where it says asher tasim. In other words, what did we just learn? That you have to place it into them that the person gets it. It means the person's slow or not getting it, you have to spend time with that individual till they get it. In other words, what does that mean? And the person says, oh, now I got it. When you got something means you own it. And that's why he says, Eila Meshvat Nasha Tassim That means they have to be able to get it. And that's why he says, Kisikna. Because they have to, and, and individually, because each individual has to acquire it. And like it's brought down in, in Chazal, based on the verse that says, in the Torah of Hashem um, you desire and in your Torah so to speak you toil day and night in other words the first part of the verse is called the Torah is called in the name Hashem Hashem and afterwards after you do that it says in your Torah in other words, so initially it's yes, it's Hashem's Torah, but ultimately Hashem wants us to learn it and comprehend that we should get it on our own. And that's why the Torah, when you learn it, is called your, your acquisition. The person that's learning Torah. And when, when does that happen? When you understand what you're learning. If you're just reading it and someone just telling you stuff and you don't take for a moment and think and try to understand and grasp it, then it doesn't become yours. And that's why he says, Hashem, Tassim Lefnehem. They have to put it to them. That means they have to, you have to wait till they get it. And then there's key sikna. In other words, when you teach them in a way that, they, they, that it's presented to them, when they get it, then the Torah becomes kinyani. It becomes, it becomes their, they, they acquire it. Then it, become, then, it become, then it becomes theirs. And you can say also that this, that after it says, you should put it in, the, in front of them, which means they should get it. And it goes on kisikna. That means they acquire it becomes their Torah, because the 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 part where it says kisikna, they have to acquire it, is an additional. It's an addition to the putting it in front of them. And it was, till now we learned 
you should put it from there to get it, and then they acquire it. So that's connected. But now he says, no, no, that, and that, that it's, it's an additional thing. What does that mean? They're explaining as follows. So seemingly, we have to understand because something's not understood here. Why? Because this that the Torah, which is, think about it, it's infinite Torah, it's God's wisdom, comes into the intellect of a human being. And a finite human being sits and studies, and it becomes your Torah, which is a, <laughs> it's a huge downgrade, seemingly. On one hand, it's Torah Hashem, it's infinite. Me, a simple human being, could sit and learn, and comprehend it? How does that work? But on the other hand, what did we just learn? That when you learn it, it becomes yours. So what we're saying is that not just it becomes yours, it's actually a quality in the Torah. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. It's Torah Hashem, you learn it, then it becomes yours. And that's actually a, qua- a quality of Torah that you get it. What does that mean? The Torah explains this as follows. This that the Torah, which is infinite wisdom of Hashem, it's the Torah of Hashem, comes down, so to speak, down here. We say down mean to a physical level where God's concealed, which means even after it comes down into this world and it goes into a, a human finite brain, guess what? It still remains the intellect of, a, of, of God which is above our ability to comprehend. So it's fascinating. It's God's Torah. We learn it and we get it. But even once we get it, it doesn't become not God's Torah. It's still God's powerful Torah. Now, so, but, but this that you comprehend it, how can you comprehend it? Because the, the source is, and I'll say it in Hebrew, in the Oyrein Soif HaBlivel, the source of the Torah is in the infinite part of Hashem. And, and because it's sourced in the infinite part, it's not limited, it's higher, it's lower. And therefore it's able to be down here. So Dr. is saying a deep idea. Torah is the infinite Hashem, comes down in our, 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 our comprehension, but nevertheless, it's, it's still connect, It's still the, 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 the pure Torah. How is that possible? And he says exactly. Because Torah is sourced in the infinite, and an in infinite, there's only thing that's higher and lower. So because it's, 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 it's not limited to higher and lower, so even when it comes down, you can comprehend it, and it's still connected to, to the to infinite part of Hashem. In other words, besides the fact that when the Torah comes down here, it remains connected, and it remains the infinite, infinite Torah, which means it's the wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of Hashem, and on the contrary, when it comes down, and we learn Torah, and we comprehend, and comprehend Torah, so it actually gets, it has an a, a, um, upgrade, and it has a certain quality, the way, the way Torah was before it came down there. Why is that? Because when the Torah comes down here, what gets revealed? That the source of Torah is in the, the infinite part of Hashem. So again, Torah is infinite. It comes down here in our comprehension. The question is, how, do we, how, how could we, how does it stay here and still connect? Because it's connected to So you see that once it comes down in our brain, it actually gets revealed that Torah is sourced in the Oyrein Seif and the same thing also, that when a person learns Torah, and you comprehend the Torah, and it becomes your Torah, you can say, listen, this is what I understand, I comprehend it. And even after it becomes your idea, your Torah that you're learning, you're comprehending, it remains pure as Torah Hashem. And not only that, when Torah becomes, so to speak, that you get it, and you understand it, 
it becomes even higher, so to speak, than the Torah of Hashem. Why is that? Because this, that Torah becomes your Torah when you learn Torah, and in a way that even after it becomes your Torah, it's nevertheless, it remains connected to the uh, essence of the of Torah Hashem, and, and it's still yours. Why is that? Because what gets revealed is the revelation of the infinite part of Hashem, which is higher than Yudke Vavke, which connects and unifies the person with Hashem. As we know, Yisrael v'kutshubichu kolachad, the Jewish people and Hashem is all, is all one. Now, these two components in Torah, in other words, on one hand, it's Torah Hashem, and then the way Torah becomes the person that learns it. So generally speaking, that's the difference the way Torah is sourced in the world of Atzilut, and the way Torah comes down into the world of Bria. And like he brings from the teachings of the Arizal, and he says as follows, the reason why that Torah if you look into the Torah, what's the first word in the Torah? Bereshis. The first letter is Abayz. The reason why it starts at Abayz, because the Aleph of Torah is referring to the way the Torah is in the world of Aleph and Atzilus. And the Torah that we learned, that we comprehend, that's a Torah in the world of Bria, which is the, the base of Torah. So the Aleph of Torah is the Torah of Atzilus. And the base of Torah is the Torah of Bria, the one that we learn. And it's explained in Chassidus, that it said, this is what it says, the verse says, Val your Torah, Shalimadaton that you taught us. So Val your Torah is referring to which Torah is Torah Vasilis. Shalimadaton that you taught us, that's the Torah in Bria. Now it's known that the world of Atsilis has many names. One of the names it has is called Kinyan acquiring. Like we say in the prayers, Baruch Oisech, Baruch Yitzrech, Baruch Boyrech, Baruch Koinig. So Oisech, Yitzrech, and Baruch is referring to the world of Bri, Yitzchia, and Asiya. And Koinig is the world of Atsilus. Why is that? What, what's the connection of the world of Atsilus and the idea of Koinig? Because what does that mean you acquire something? When you acquire something, you're not creating, you're not forming or creating or shaping anything new. You're just acquiring something. You're taking something that before was concealed to you. It was revealed by somewhere else. And now you reveal it by you. In other words, before you acquired it, the thing existed. But it existed in someone else's property. So therefore, for you, it was concealed. And when you acquired it, it got revealed. So the same thing also, the idea of the world of Atsilas, since it's close to Hashem, it's only revealing in Atsilas what was concealed in Atsilas and revealed before higher than Atsilas. So Atsilas is connected to what? To the idea of, 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 of Kenyan. So that's why after it says, that you have to put the Torah in them where they get it, so it says, what does that mean? That even though that when you learn Torah, you have to comprehend it, you have to get it, and up to the point where it's called your Torah, but the, the learning has to be in a way that when you, that the Torah you're learning, you should realize that even after you comprehend it, you have to remember there's still a Torah Hashem. There's still a Torah in the world of Atzillus. And that's why it says Kisikna. So in other words, it says Ashatasim Lefneim, which means you have to comprehend it. But Kisikna, remember there's a world of Atzillus, which is called Kenyan and Torah exists on a higher level. So based on this, Whoever explains, now we'll understand why the, the original question we had in the discourse, why in the Talmud Yerushalmi it says that Tassim is referring to Sima, which we said it's, 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 it's concealed, the concealed part of the Torah. Why is that? Because in order that the Torah that we learn and that we comprehend 
And we should, after we comprehend it, we should remain sensitive and connected to the fact that it's Torah Hashem and Torah Hashem, which means the Torah Batils which we said before is Kisikna. How does that happen? That's when you reveal the soul of Batilis. What is the soul of Batilis? The level of the soul of Batilis called the level of Torah. Pure. Which is higher than Atabrosa. Atabrosa, Atitzachta, right? Torah is the pure part. And to reveal this part of the, of the, of the soul, which means the concealed part of the soul. How do we do that? So in order to reveal that, you get revealed that by learning Chsidus, Primius Torah, the concealed part of the Torah. And that's why it says, Asher Tosim Lifneihem, Ki Sikna. Because when you go ahead, and Tosim in a way of the, the concealed part, which means you learn Chsidus, then you reveal the inner part of your soul, the internal part of your soul, and then what happens is, even in the Torah that you're learning, which is Tosim Lefneim, which you're comprehending it, um, which you're understanding it, what gets felt is the Torah of Atzilis, which is connected to the idea of what? Of Kisikna. Okay. Now, this explanation of Eilah HaMashpatim, these are the laws that you should put in front of them, what does that mean literally? That Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe Rabbeinu should put the laws in front of the Jewish people. So therefore, when it says Kisikna, and it says Kisikna in a singular term, which is referring to what you should put in front of them, is also referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. What does that mean? And everybody says like this. It's brought down in the Zohar, and any time that it says a name of somebody, I'll say, I'll quote the Zohar, B'kulu atar d'shma itkar trei zimna, pasuk time Any time in the Torah that a name is mentioned twice, one after the other, so there's, there's a gap in between. Otherwise, it's going to be a run-on. So, so for example, it says Avram, you pause, and Avram again. The only time where there's no gap is by Moshe Rabbeinu. Because when it says Moshe, Moshe, there's no gap in between. So why is it that every all the names there's a gap in between? But when it comes to Moshe there's no gap in between. So it's brought down in Chassidus and explains that Avram Avinu, that when his soul came down into this world, and he, even though he came from the world of Atzilus, so there, became, there was a change in the way he was in its source in the world of Atzilus. However, Moshe Rabbeinu, even after he came down into this world, Atzilus still was revealed in this world from Moshe Rabbeinu. Up to the point, there's no, there's no difference. And that's why there's no gap between Moshe and Moshe. So it was by Avram Avinu, there's Avram the way he was in Atzillus, and then there's the way Avram came down to this world. Moshe Rabbeinu, there was the way he was in Atzillus, and the way he was down here, the same way that he was in Atzillus. And <coughs> why is that? That even when he was down here, he was in the level of Atzillus, because the source of the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu comes from the circles, and which is above all the levels of Ishtal Shust, the way things flow down from the top to the bottom, etc. So when you're dealing with the circle, which is above Ishtal Shust, so there, Atzilus, and the world of Asiya, it's all equal. So Moshe Rabbeinu, since he comes from the circles, so therefore it's all equal, and therefore even when he came down to this world, he was still in the level of, of, of Atzilus. And that's why it says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you should give it to them, they should comprehend it. Ki sikna. In other words, when we said ki sikna is referring to the world of Atsilas, because to unify these two levels of Torah, the way Torah comes down in our, in our comprehension, tasim of and the way Torah is in the world of Atsilas, Kenyan, how does, how does that happen? You have to reveal a level which is above it, and who can do that? And like we explained before, that the connecting of Torah, of our Torah, 
and the Torah of Hashem, the Torah of Bria, and the Torah of, 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 of Atzilus comes through revealing the Oyrein Soif, the infinite part of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now, this explanation of Kisikna, which we said is going on, should toss them with name. You should put, place in front of them, but then to have the Kisikna, you have to remember it's all with Atzilus. So he'd like to connect, he'd like to connect this in the simple reading of the verse that Kisikna is not only going into what we explained now, it's going on to Ashatasal and Freyam, but actually the Kisikna is going on to what it says afterwards, Everdivri. In other words, what happens is when a person learns Torah in a way of Kisikna, which means you're real, you're connecting to the Torah of Atsilas, in other words, you, 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 and you're connecting to the fact that it's not your Torah. Even though you understand it, you're realizing it's Torah, the Torah of Hashem. So then your learning is in a whole different level of acceptance, Bittal. Just like the, the acceptance of a, of, a, of, a, of a servant to its master. In other words, like this. Till now, Dura explained, Ashatasim of Nehem, comprehension, Kisikna connected that Silos. Now he's, now he's moving over from Kisikna to Evet. When you're connected to Atsilas, then what happens is then you learn with proper acceptance. Just like a, just like a servant accept, connects to his master. In other words, even though when a person learns, we don't want you to throw your intellect into the garbage. On the contrary, when you learn, you have to understand what you're learning. You have to understand it, you have to comprehend it, you have to struggle with it, you have to meditate on it. Now, when you comprehending, is that throwing you in the garbage? That's bringing you to the table. No, you you have a brain and you you have an existence and you have the way, the way you understand things and maybe different than someone else's. And how much more so when a person is learning with, a, with, a, with the learning, you're owning it. So that means you're really, really owning it. You have an opinion about it, but nevertheless, when a person feels that the Torah, even after it came down into his intellect, what does he realize? After all said and done, it's still Torah Hashem, it's a Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Which means it's the intellect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is much deeper and much higher than the intellect of human beings. Now this, that the person does comprehend it, because God's not limited. He's not limited in any limits. Not even a, <coughs> an infinite limit. And therefore, it, you, you can have both. You can have infinite and you can have finite. In other words, which means that the, the, the finite human being's intellect could comprehend the infinite intellect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So in other words, this that you understand Torah with your finite intellect, it doesn't negate the idea of having acceptance. Because this that I understand Torah with my intellect... And yes, it's my Torah, my, com- my comprehension. It's not because of me. But that's because since Hashem could do anything, and He gave me the power to understand Torah. So based on this, Rebbe says, now I'll understand the famous teaching Chazal, where it says in reference to Torah, it says, Oylashol Torah, the yoke of Torah. In other words, seemingly, the mit- what is the mitzvah of learning Torah? The myth, when it says you should learn Torah, but you have to learn Torah, it's not that you should go ahead and nullify your intellect, but on the contrary, you should use your intellect to understand Torah. And also we know the rule is that a person that learns Torah, has, you have to understand it the way you understand it. You can't say, oh, Hashem says, or my teacher says. No, you have to understand it, because Torah is not in heaven. And Hashem smiles and he says, No, 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 my children, you 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 were successful in, in, in putting out your opinion. So what does it mean 
that you should have the yoke of Torah. Yoke means you're, you're just accepting. You're not using your intellect. It's like almost they want two things from us that are opposites. On one hand, they want you to understand. And on one hand, they want you to accept. Accept. How do the two go together? Which one am I supposed to be doing? So the explanation is as follows. When a person knows and feels and recognizes that the Torah you're learning is whose Torah? It's the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, God gave you permission that you should learn and you should come up with your own ideas and Hashem is actually says Netzchone Bani Netzchone why is that? because Hashem is not limited Hashem doesn't get offended if you have an opinion and therefore he, Hashem is so great that he yeah you can come up with your own ideas but this that you understand Torah with your intellect and the way that you're putting your effort into, into it that, and you do it, but you still realize that Hashem, it's ultimately the Torah is coming from Hashem. And you are, you're, you're, you're humbled and accepted to the Torah, just like a servant's willing to do whatever the master wants. Now, but on the other hand, this is the Torah was given to you because that's the will of Hashem. So, in other words, it's a fine line. In other words, on one hand, yes, you have to learn, you have to comprehend, and Hashem wants you to use your comprehension. But on the other hand, the real is the Torah is Hashem. But when it's Torah Hashem, it doesn't stop you from using your intellect. But you realize that the intellect you have, you say Hashem gave it to you, and Hashem wants you to learn. I never say he liked to connect this where it says in Chazal, based on the verse, the Eilah Mishpatim. These are the laws. So we said that it should say Eilah, these are the laws. What's the Eilah and these are the laws? So we're saying the Eilah means the above that's in addition to what it says before. And it's just like the ones from before came from Mount Sinai. These are also from Sinai. What does that mean? That the power that we have to unite the two opposites. In other words, that on one hand, we comprehend it, that we understand it. But on the other hand, it has to, it, we have to fully comprehend it. And something that we have to totally understand. And then the, the Torah becomes my Torah, so to speak. But nevertheless, we have to be, we have to learn Torah in a way of Kisikna, which means that we're recognizing it's Torah Hashem. Like we said before, it's the Torah of the world of Atsilas. And not only that, uh, we have to learn in a way like an Ebed, accepting. This was all given to us. The power to do the two opposites was given to us on Sinai. Why? Because over there at Mount Sinai, you also had the two opposites. You had the fact that we were we existed, and you had the f- component that you're in accept- acceptance. And like the author explains in the Kutu Torah, that the reason why Torah was given a Har Sinai, which is basically on one hand it's a mountain, but again it's the lowest of the old mountains. Because on Har Sinai you have the two opposites. On one hand you have the component that's a mountain, which means it's elevated, it's a somebody. On the other hand you have it's a hu- low mountain, which means basically it's humbled. So that's the real power, and that's really the, the two opposites that exist in learning Torah. On one hand you are, are comprehending it, but on one hand you total acceptance. Now, we all know what it says in Chazal, that Talmud is great because it brings you to do the mitzvot. The, the debate. What's greater? Learning Torah or doing mitzvahs? What is, what's, the, what's the answer? That Talmud is greater, but not in its own right, because it causes you to do the mitzvahs. So Rebbe said, you can say that by taking these two opposites, on one hand, it's our existence, our mind, our comprehension, but on the other hand, we're accepting the fact that it's Hashem's Torah, which exists in learning Torah. So the same thing also applies with mitzvahs, because since Talmud brings you to do mitzvahs, just like in Talmud, you have the two components, the same thing applies with mitzvahs as well. However, when you're learning Torah, so what's the natural thing is, it's my understanding, my, my comprehension. So what's the revolutionary idea that I'm accepting? Accepting the fact that it comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the gifts come from Hashem. 
Now, so even though I'm learning with my comprehension, I exist, but we're learning with acceptance. On the other hand, when it comes to doing a mitzvah, so by mitzvah, what's the natural thing? You're doing Hashem's will. So the, the, the revolutionary idea over there in the mitzvah is that you're somebody doing the mitzvah. In other words, even though why are you doing that any mitzvah? Any mitzvah, you do because Hashem told you to do it. What does mitzvah mean? It's a command. Hashem said to do so. And you're doing it in a way of, uh, like a servant. Whatever Hashem wants, I'm doing. But the acceptance has to be in a way, not where you don't exist. But no, my existence is that I'm doing what Hashem wants. In other words, this that I'm a servant of Hashem, I'm not being forced to be a servant of Hashem, but I'm choosing. I get the opportunity, I'm choosing to do what Hashem wants. And I actually have enjoyment and have energy from it. Two powerful points here. By learning Torah, on one hand, the natural thing is I'm learning, I understand that I exist, but I'm accepting. By mitzvah, the natural thing is I'm doing what Hashem wants. But even though I'm doing what Hashem wants, no. But I am somebody that I'm choosing to do what Hashem wants, and I love doing it, and I have enjoyment from doing it, I have energy from it. In other words, you can say that, that the re- that you can say that the reason that the beginning of the all the the mishpatim, all the rules, <coughs> all the rules of partial mishpatim, how does it begin? It says the Ela mishpat mishtasam. These are the rules you should put in front of them, which is referring to um, learning Torah. Like we said before, it's about placing they should learn Torah. Not like all the, the commandments in Torah that starts off, Dabra Elbana Yisrael, speak to the Jewish people, or command the Jewish people, and it doesn't say anything about learning. Why is that? Because this at the beginning of, of Parashat Meshpatim, <coughs> which is talking about learning Torah, and it talks about the, the idea of a servant, is to, to, to hint to us that when it comes to doing all the mitzvahs, we have to do it in a way of we're willing to accept whatever Hashem wants, and since we're, 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 when we accept to do what Hashem wants, all the mitzvahs, how do you do it? You don't just do it like a robot. You do it with energy. You do it with, with passion, with pleasure. So the same thing also, the beginning of the parasha talks about learning Torah. That from the enjoyment and the pleasure and the energy of learning Torah, from here comes in energy and enjoyment, even the level of Kabbalah souls. The ultimate goal is that even when you're doing whatever Hashem wants, Hineni, you have to take away from here that you should do it what? With chayas, with energy, with tainug, with pleasure. So based on this, Shabbat says, now we'll understand why the beginning of the Torah portion begins off with what? With an Ebed Ivri. A Jewish slave. Because we asked before, why doesn't talk about a non-Jewish slave? And it was like, even though the main servant, ultimate service, is a non-Jewish slave. And Rebbe explained, because the completion of serving, which means that you're, you're accepting, you're doing what Hashem wants, is ultimately, it's when we serve Hashem, and I'll say it in Hebrew, and I'll translate because it's important, you're doing it with tainug, which would deep pleasure, and with chayas, and a lot of good energy, and that's that specifically by a Jewish slave, not necessarily a, a non-Jewish slave. So the message over here is that when we do Kabbalah soil, we should do it with chayas, with energy, and with and with deep pleasure. And Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on a, uh, a a powerful teaching of the Alter Rebbe, 
in a Hasidic discourse, which is which is called the Chigimkar Ish as when a person uh, sells his daughter for 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 a maid servant, and in reference to this this Hasidic discourse that the Alter uh, taught, so the his grandson the Tzemach Tzedek says in reference to this Hasidic discourse, and I'll say it in Hebrew, it says a Drush Nechbar. It's a very very honorable Hasidic discourse, and it speaks about. Um, the different levels of the uh, uh, servants on a spiritual level, and it connects it to the idea, like explained in Tanya, about the three different types of um, uh, uh, people, which is a tzaddik, someone's a righteous person, a rasha, someone that's wicked, and a bainini, an inter- intermediate person. And he explains that these, the author explains, and again, some sort of comments on it, that these three level, these three different types of servants that it talks about in Pashas and Shabbatim, an Evid Knani, a, a non-Jewish slave, an Evid Ivri, a Jewish slave, and an Amma Ivriya, a, a Jewish female uh, slave, is referring to three different levels on a spiritual level of serving Hashem. And he explains as follows. What is a non-Jewish slave spiritually? What does that mean? A non-Jewish slave means that the will and the pleasure that a non-Jewish slave has spiritually is, in Hebrew it's called prikasel. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't want any responsibility. He doesn't want any commitment. He doesn't want to have any schedules. I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And like it says clearly, what is a real servant, the highest level of servant? He just wants to be free for all. He wants to do whatever he wants. In other words, what and what gives that type of slave pleasure? No responsibility. No commitment. Hebrew is called precursor. No yoke. No responsibility. Now, so on a spiritual, what does that mean practically? It means I don't want to serve Hashem. I don't want to do anything Hashem wants me to do. So when does he serve Hashem? The only time he'll serve Hashem is if he has to. Whether it's uh, someone punishing him, um, what does it mean spiritually, a punishment? What does that mean spiritually? That when all of a sudden the godly soul starts shining in a very, very powerful way, <clears throat> so he's going to go ahead and do what he has to. So an Evid Kanani spiritually, he doesn't want to do anything. The only reason he'll do it is because he's forced to do it on a spiritual level when the Nefeshelikist says, hey, this is what we're doing. And he explains over there that um, Evid Kanani in this discourse is also referring to the idea of a Russia, someone that's wicked, but Toivloi, and life is good for him. Why? Because just like literally, when you have a, a servant that um, it's possible to ser- the servant will sin against his master. But on the other hand, when the master takes out the whip, so to speak, or the stick, and hits him, he goes, he does what he has to. So the same thing also applies to serving Hashem. It means even though his personal pleasure, he rather do nothing, and he rather rebel against Hashem, but since afterwards, all of a sudden, the godly soul starts shining, which means it creates guilt. So now the person um, uh, <clears throat> feels bad, and he regrets what he did, um, but, but he still remains a slave. In other words, it's not like all of a sudden he became a tzaddik. He doesn't want to do anything. He wants to do what he wants to do. But listen, he's embarrassed. The godly soul reveals. So he shows up and he does what he has to. But the internal part didn't change. On the other hand, even a bainani, the intermediate, and there's two levels in a, in a bainani. We're talking the lower level of the bainani. It also goes in the category of an, of a non-Jewish slave. What does that mean? That means even because a bainani, the lower level of a bainani is even though he didn't do any sins in his life. But nevertheless, his will and his pleasure is a materialistic pursuits. And on the contrary, he serves Hashem only because he has to. 
and the, the revelation of the godly soul forces him not to do bad and to do good. So on a certain level, the lower level of a Bainani is like the Evet Kanani. Okay, this is a recap. So the Evet Kanani is like the rush of a Toivloi and the Bainani, which means zero interest in do anything. The only reason I can do it, they're forced. On a spiritual level, when the godly soul shows up and says, hey, we got to serve God, okay, it goes along, but it has zero interest emotionally, will and, and pleasure. Then you have the Evet What's the, the, the Jewish slave on a spiritual level? That means the will and the pleasure is more actually wants to serve Hashem. It wants to serve Hashem. Now, just that it just wants to do whatever it wants, which means pleasure and materialistic pursuits, it's actually painful. So really, the evidence wants to do whatever Hashem wants. It also has other desires, and that part is painful for, painful for the evidence. Now, even though, what do you mean? It's painful, so how come you're enjoying materialistic life? Because really he doesn't want to do it. And actually it's bitter over it. And that's really the life of the Bainani, the higher level of Bainani. And it was, yes, in thought, speech, and action, it does what it has to. And, it's, and it struggles, and it, but, but it's not transformed yet. And the highest level is what? Is the, the, the female Jewish slave. And that's connected to the idea about Sadiq. What does that mean? That their emotions were actually transformed into holiness. In the world of Kabbalah, it's called Isapko, it's totally transformed, which is higher than Iskapia practicing restraint, like explained over there at length in that classical Hasidic discourse of the Altar, which I'd recommend if you have time to study. It's a really, really fascinating Hasidic discourse. Now, so therefore, so that's why in Parshish Mishpatim, what, what, is, what do we speak about? We speak about the acquiring of a Jewish, a Jewish slave, a, a, both a male slave and a female slave. Why is that? Because the idea of acquiring Kisik Nevedivri, acquiring a Jewish slave, and when someone sells his daughter um, as a Jewish slave, so what does that mean? So, <coughs> and also the idea of, 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 of a non-Jewish slave, like, like it speaks about acquiring a non-Jewish slave, and when it says it doesn't go out like the, the, like the regular slave, it's, the, the non-Jewish slave is only mentioned in passing, and only like in a negative way. Why? Because this at the beginning of Parsha Mishpatim speaks about the laws of a slave. Why is that? Because in this Parsha, which is coming into continuation of, of, of receiving the Torah, as we said, the Ela, just like the first ones are from Sinai, so these are in Sinai, is referring to, generally speaking, the serving Hashem. And it has to be in a way of, there's like a, a servant serves Hashem. And since the serving Hashem has to be done in a way of, Tainug and Chayas with pleasure and enjoyment. So therefore, it speaks about mainly in this week's Torah portion of the 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 um, the Jewish slave and both the male and the female Jewish slave. Why is that? Because both of those serve Hashem with Chayas, with energy and with pleasure. First, he talks about the the slave that serves Hashem, the Ebed Ivri, the the, Jew, the Jewish slave. Which is referring to, we said, the level of a Bainani. And why, now why does he start with, with, with the Evadivri in that order? Because the Evadivri is referring to the Bainani. And we know the Bainani, that's, that's standard. And like the author writes, the author creates a standard. That uh, Bainani is that's the standard way anyone could live and anyone can live that type of lifestyle. Why? Because everybody could control their thoughts and their speech and their action. And you have to work uh, on the, on the internal part. And after he speaks about the level of the Bainani, he goes on to the Alma of Ria, the female Jewish slave, which is referring to, uh, referring to the level of Tzaddik. 
Because this level also applies to every, every, every single individual. Like the Altima says clearly in Tanya, Tanya that even though you feel like you're not going to reach that level, but you nevertheless you do it to fulfill the, the, the oath that you were taking that you should be a tzaddik. Now there is, you could say that this that he speaks, at least you know, in bypass, about also but a, but a, but a, but a non-Jewish slave, because there's something, some power that the non-Jewish slave has, which is called the skafia. Because a non-Jewish slave really has no interest. Why is it doing it? It's practicing restraint. Like the author writes, the author writes in in that Hasidic discourse that even a, a holy tzaddik also needs to do the avoida of a non-Jewish slave because they, the non-Jewish slave's quality of the skafia is a very, very powerful quality, practicing restraint. And that's why it says, a person shouldn't say, I can't transgress, because then you, you're, you're missing out the whole opportunity of, of, of the skafia restraint. But you have to say, really, I could sin, but I'm going to practice the restraint, because what can I do? Hashem wants me not, not to do it. And others, why do you have to say, I, I really want to do it? So that you should have the power, what, of Escapia. Of Escapia practicing strength. Now, Jarvis has to point out, this powerful idea that we're learning from the Ebed Kanani, from the non-Jewish slave about Escapia practicing strength, that Escapia is referring to the quality of Escapia. The quality of practicing strength. In other words, because even though when you say, I, I want to sin, Hello, what does that mean? You're so far from God, God, that you want to sin? Because why are you saying I want to sin? Because Hashem says, Hashem says I shouldn't be a robot. I should tell you truthfully that I really want it. And what, and what do I mean by that? I'm saying I want it, and therefore I actually have an, a desire for it. So why do I have that desire? So that I should be able to pull the energy of the scafia and do opposite of what I, what I want, what I want to do. So based on this, we'll understand that the work of a tzaddik is not, not because he's forcing himself. The tzaddik naturally loves to do what Hashem wants. So it also applies to the level of a skafia, practicing restraint. In other words, even though it's real skafia, it's real practicing restraint, because this you say, I really want to do it, which means you're awakening within yourself a desire to do something against Hashem, but you practice restraint not to do it, and that's their pleasure. Because the pleasure is that now I can do the will of Hashem and I can practice Eskafia. Now, it's known that the when a person practices restraint, that means a person's tempted and they really want to do it and they say, no, I'm not doing it. Which is not easy. So when a person practices Eskafia restraint, you actually draw in much higher than the level of transformation. Like it says clearly in the Zoyar, when you practice restraint, so then the level of Estalic is of, of, that Hashem is all over, that, that comes into the world. When a person practices restraint, you draw in the level of Estalic into, into the world. And different words, you can say that, that when you draw in through the avoid of Eskafia, and a tzaddik does it, and then the skafia becomes their enjoyment. Actually, by the tzaddik, it's even higher. So what he's saying is like this. When a person is tested, and they practice restraint in skafia, wow, you're brewing in heavy light. A tzaddik doesn't have the test. So he tempts himself, really, I shouldn't want it. Cause, and then he practices restraint. He actually draws in something much more powerful. Why is that? And he explains like this. 
the, re, the, 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 the reason that when a person practices skafia, you're drawing in powerful energy, because when a person forces himself to go against his will and against his nature, so therefore you're drawing in much powerful energy than more than, than it's more of your nature. You're drawing in from a much higher level. And even the light, which is very, very high, which from your nature, it, it, it's, it, it, you can't reveal it, then what happens is when you go against your nature, you actually draw in from above your nature. And therefore you can say that when a person does iskafia by force, so to speak, which is opposite your pleasure, and then it comes into revealed way, you're practicing a certain real way, and you bring it into, into your nature, and you're doing it, so to speak, you're forcing yourself, so therefore it comes from the external will. But when a person does a scoff you, because that's their pleasure, then you bring in from the level of Ratzlein and the level of Tainuk. So what Rebbe is saying is very, very powerful. Based on what causes you to practice Iskafia, that's what you draw from. If you're drawing, if you're being forced to practice Iskafia, so you, you bring in from a Chitonis, from an external place. But on the other hand, when you practice Iskafia, of coming from a deep place, from a tiny place, you actually draw in from a much higher level. So this is what it says, the Eilam Mishpatim. These are the rules that you should put in front of them. And we, we, we learned it several times already. Be'ela means it's coming to add, Be'ela, and to add on what we've said before. What does that mean? That the drawing down the Torah into rules, into laws that we comprehend in our intellect, and especially that we, that the, we have the power that we can learn Torah in a way that Tosim Lefnei, and we can get it, we can comprehend it, we can understand it. And up to the point we can say, oh, this is my Torah, this is my understanding. So we're actually adding onto what before. Why? Because when it comes down into our intellect and we're connecting to the most deepest level and we're bringing Torah down, we're actually connecting, like we learned in the beginning of the discourse, to the Torah the way it's infinite and believable. And the Agrabah says, when a person learns Torah, up to the point where the Torah becomes your Torah, so you actually add in Torah even more. Why? Because when a person goes ahead and brings down Torah to the level of comprehension and laws, and it comes down to this, and comes down, comes down to this world. So what comes down to this world? Not your intellect. It's Hashem's Torah. So the Torah of Hashem of comes down to the world. <clears throat> However, the union of the wisdom of Hashem, which is beyond human comprehension, which gets Connected with the with the comprehension of a human being, where does that come from? It comes from we said the infinite light of of, of, of the iron of Abligvul, which is above Chachma. So, in other words, the revelation of the infinite Soif, the infinite Abligvul has no limit. Is only there to give you power for the Chachma of Atzilus that should connect with our human intellect, but the, but the the infinite part doesn't yet re- reveal itself. But when you go ahead and you learn Torah, and the Torah becomes your Torah, you get comprehended. So then what happens is, the 
what gets drawn down into the Torah? The revelation of the infinite part of Hashem itself gets, gets drawn down. So by us learning Torah and comprehending Torah and realizing it's coming from Hashem, we're doing the two opposites, we're actually bringing in a much more powerful part in this, into this world. I'd like to explain the Hasidic discourses. That this that the Torah is called, Torah Sai, your Torah when you learn it. Why is that? Because when a person learns Torah, Lishma means for the sake of the sake of the Torah, not for any agenda. So you actually bring in the revelation of the Oyrein Soif Abligbal. And that's why the Torah gets considered on your name. Because you were the one that brought in the Torah into this world. And you can say that's why it says Ve'ela, Ve'ela, which means these, but Ve'el and these. The Vav is coming to add the addition, powerful, the addition that takes place in the Torah. And Ela means these, which revealed. And Ve'ela means that you're adding in Torah. That means you're bringing in the Oyer and Sefer Bligvul into the Torah, into a revealed way. That you're literally bringing in the infinite part of Hashem, not only as a, a source of a power, but this powerful light actually get, gets revealed in a beautiful way. So there was giving a beautiful translation, Ve'ela. Ela means revealing. Ve'ela, you're adding in that you're actually bringing in the Oyer and Sefer Bligvul. And the verse continues off to say, Asher Tosim Lifnehem that you will put in front of them. So Asher means that you'll put in front of them. So the Rebbe says, Asher also comes from the word of Oisher and Tainug. Tremendous um, blessings and a tremendous pleasure and tremendous satisfaction. So in other words, the idea of the Eila, which means Vav and Eila, bringing in the Oyer and Sefer Bligvul in a revealed way, which basically you're adding in Torah, you're bringing in the revelation of the infinite part of Hashem, that comes from a level of Asher, Oisher, Tainik, pleasure. And this that a person <coughs> learns <coughs> in a way of Oil HaTorah, you're accepting the Torah, which means you're accepting, you're connecting to, what, to Hashem's Torah, and that, so that, how, if since Torah naturally you're learning, you're comprehending, how you're accepting, so we learned before, that's the level of Eskafya, because even though it's not natural to accept, I understand it this way, but you bring in the, 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 the powerful tool of Eskathia while you're learning. And since your acceptance is in a way, it doesn't totally knock you out. But on the contrary, you realize that, that, that it's your Torah, but from accepting is you're connecting to the infinite part of the Torah, just like the power of Eskathia by Yetzadik, which means that the, 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 the practicing restraint becomes their pleasure, and therefore, so the same thing, so you learn Torah, the practicing restraint that Hashem's Torah becomes your pleasure, and therefore you bring in from the lever of, 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 of <coughs> Asher, which idea what? Of Tainuk. I'm going to finish off when he says as follows. That when we learn Torah, in a way of Asher, tremendous Tainuk, Tosim of Nehem, we're understanding it, but we're bringing it from the infinite part. Kisik Evet, we're bringing, connecting to the world of Atzillus with acceptance. That means we're learning Torah, we're comprehending it. But nevertheless, we have the level of accepting like, like a servant. And in, in a way that the, the revealed part, when you learn the revealed part of Torah, is in the same level, like you're learning the concealed part of Torah, like we said, like we brought from the Yerushalmi, Tosim, like Sima, which is a treasure. So when we learn in that way, it means we're learning with our comprehension. But on the other hand, we're realizing it's a Shem's Torah, and we do it from a place of Eskafia and Tainug. Through that, we merit the revelation of the Torah of Mashiach, which we know is Torah Chadasha Me'iti Teitzei. We're going to have a whole new level of Torah. And when is that going to happen? Be'gu'ula ha'amitis fa'ashlema.
in the redemption, the true redemption, the complete redemption through Mashiach Titkenu, and like the Rebbe finishes off, Bimheira, Biyamenu, Mamash, very quickly in our days in a literal way. So here you have a beautiful Hasidic discourse about the power of learning Torah, the way to learn Torah, the way literally we have the power to bring in the most powerful energy of our Kaddish Baruch into the world, and by bringing it into the world, will ultimately create, like the Rebbe says, will merit to have the gilly of the Torah Mashiach and, and God willing, will be in Yerushalayim Ar Kodesh. Our next class will be in Yerushalayim Ar Kodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.